Welcome to No Prize Podcast. I'm the Professor Budjak. Did I just yell in your ear? <laughs> Bad transmitter. <laughs> Welcome to Johnny the Machine Hughes and Lucas. What's what going on, guys? I'm Who do you? down the volume. That's what I'm doing. Sorry. I mean to yell. Someone's um, obviously super excited this week. I'm excited. We're like two days away from the beginning of summer. And, uh, you know, we're a few weeks away from Thor, Love and Thunder. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what's going on. Um, what's going on with you guys? How has it been the last couple of weeks? Good? Yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, some good books. Some, yeah. do- some dodgy books. Mm-hmm. Lucas, mm-hmm. some dodgy books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you got to <laughs> give everybody their representation. All right. Hey, I don't, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't mind the representation. I just mind when it's done poorly. Uh, hey, hey, we will get into that. We will get into that. You know, uh, you know that's why. That's why I got to bring it up, man. Freaking because if nobody freaking reviews this book and tells people when it's bad and why, yeah, then, you know, yeah. they're not gonna hear it. You know, so. true that. True. Yep. That. Yep. But well, I'm sure we'll keep everybody in suspense until until we start talking the comics but let's talk about what's going on with disney plus we have some two big shows going on right now we have obi-wan it's wrapping up but next week we have uh we're five episodes in and we have ms marvel that has just started and we're two episodes into ms marvel but let's uh let's talk obi-wan because there seems to be a lot going on there's a lot of controversy on social media about you know uh reva and uh the you know what's going on there as far as uh what, what i say bad star wars fans or i don't know so uh what do you johnny I'm, I'm interested in your take on what's been going on in obi-wan and then i'm sure we can talk about what's going on outside of the star wars universe i absolutely love this show i i look forward to it every week um yeah the person's a little bit off in places but the idea that the kind of um you mentioned professor that the kind of setting the tone from the movies from which the same number equates mm. is absolutely bang on um have they missed a couple of tricks yeah you probably have you know mm. i mean there's a lot going on in episode five that's the empire strikes back episode five yeah all these snippets of which you touched on um in the in the episode thematically at least um i have to say Story-wise, I do not have a problem with it at all. The Reva character, I totally get her motivations. It's funny because the motivations of the idea of of uh, falling into the dark side to kill the dark side isn't the first time that's been done. If you know right. your, if you know your Star Wars and especially your non-canon Star Wars stuff, so like very much like the last three movies taken stuff from from the timothy's arm books like the indicated uh, uh, cruisers not being able to f- use hyperspace and gravity well and all that sort of stuff uh grand grand admiral throne coming into the hinted at down the line these things have now become canon so mm. i don't have a, i really don't have a problem with any part of the show other than the person's a little bit wonky um and that'll come up when when I read somewhere that they're actually releasing this in the cinemas after the show's finished, right? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. So, it's select select theaters are going to uh, play the entire show on the, so, the big screen. And I, I, don't get me wrong; it'll look great on the big screen. It will, 
But mm. I think that's where the person will start to show. Oh, it'll have to be edited to to allow the person to speed up a little bit. In my experience. But yeah, well, I, I, I don't have a problem other than the person. I think it might suffer from the um, being in the theater because it is an episodic show. So you have that those breaks that yeah might might be a little jarring to someone that wants to watch like the entire thing as a movie. Lucas, what? I suppose, what it, I suppose it's like reading single issues in a graphic novel, isn't it? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, chapters, chap, you know, chapters. Lucas, what did you think? So you know, a freaking, uh, you know, I would have. First of all, you know, also give uh, you know, a shout out to all the fathers and that are going to have to sit through with their family and everything. You know, happy Father's Day to all y'all and, <laughs> and uh, Juneteenth to all the look the, to all the people that want to celebrate the Juneteenth because Kwanzaa was never a happy holiday for us. So, you know, you, you, you know, you had asked about you know what all the nastiness that Reverend was going through. Like, hey, what are what do we think of this man? So. No, I think I talked about it in the last one. Like, hey, I, I like the way they did it. I like because there were certain characters that are served for certain people. Revan mm -hmm. was for, um, you know, her demographic, right? You know, they walk, they walked the dog on that one. Leia, as a child, there's all types. Harry, her demographic, she's they know what they were doing with her, right? Because her little always asking questions nature, they know who they were going for this one, right? So, but in in this. In the last couple ones, um, you know, there's been more of a direct th on and on thing with Obi Wan and Anakin, right? You know, showing a mentor, student, and, and all this other stuff, and uh, it kind of kind of fell off on that one, right? Because I felt prequels actually did a better uh, thing of establishing the relationship and all that, you know. Um, the uh, you know the, the only thing was, was what are we missing? What are we missing? That we that we were missing from the Mandalorian that figured all of a sudden got everybody into it and talking about like the people who don't give a damn about Star Wars. We're missing a little baby Yoda, right? Because nobody like I understand that little Leia is supposed to be cute, but come on now, she's not going to replace baby Yoda. Uh, what about the little joy thing? That no, no, nobody gives a thing care about that little joy thing, and and I and I know for a fact that Disney was hoping that because I've already seen the toys out for that oh, yeah. thing. I call him the Disney droid, <laughs> right? Well, so, I thought that was BB-8, but now it's uh now it's this one. Yeah, I forget I forget what the name of the little toy is, but man, Lola, there's Lola, Lola, Lola. Yeah. So you know, so at this point, right now, I'm asking. Okay, what was this for? Because I know a lot of people are upset, right? Uh, like, oh, you know, they're they're kind of confused about the relationship with, you know, hey, Darth Vader. He's had Obi Wan with in his sense a couple of times. Why didn't he freaking just go ahead and freaking do the deed? Why didn't he freaking keep him alive, right? Um, you know, hey, why did he like we like he knew. What Reverend, Reverend was up to the whole time, but he just freaking dispensed for earlier than that. So there's all types of little complicated issues that if you don't read the comics, you're like, eh. But if I, because I read the comics all the time, I'm like, oh, well, it could be because he need, knows sooner or later he's going to need to do this, man. But uh, um, what I was hoping for, and here, and maybe it was just me, I was hoping for with the whole Obi-Wan thing, we would get more of an insight into, uh, you know, the Jedi structure, right? Like maybe, like, oh, he's he's going away, but now that he's kind of trying to freaking 
work on himself. This is how the Jedi work on themselves to make themselves stronger. No, we didn't get that. <laughs> you know, and maybe I was hoping. Okay, well, if we don't get that, maybe we'll get more of an opening of the Star Wars Star Wars units and the Jedi's impact on the rest of the rest of the universe, right? Because you no. Know, Triplets around along the way, they've been talking about slavery and their version of the Underground Railroad. Not not much of that, right? Um, it's it's just uh, it's a complicated thing that I that I I understand. I see Disney's vision. I see Disney's vision, but you know everybody that's outside of it, you know that's outside of Star Wars. This is this was not it. This was not the thing that was going to bring more Star Wars fans into this. Um. And it's a shame. It's a shame. They, I feel like they had a lot of opportunities and, and they just messed it up. But that's just me. Well, so I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna say I'm a sucker because I will any kind of anybody wants to spoon me spoon food me any Star Wars anything. I'm all about it. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's bad. Um, I think that the story that Obi Wan Kenobi is trying to tell um, is a good story it's it's like that fills in that backlog of 10 20 years that you nobody knew they have pretty much you do anything they want and i love it and then then there are a couple of things i don't like as far as uh how disney plus has handled obi-wan kenobi for the last several episodes i mean they preempted the the social media backlash against uh reva um before the show even started mm. so to me um, it's it that was kind of just asking for these trolls to come out of the woodwork and um, and just pan the show. The the other thing, a couple of things, story story wise, I didn't like about Kenobi. Uh, not story wise. Um, I'll get to the story wise part. Uh, they got Ewan McGregor to come back for the show. They got Hayden Christensen to come back for the show. They have John Williams doing the music. They have James Earl Jones doing the voice of Darth Vader again in his 80s. And I can't believe that they didn't put more of a budget into the CGI. I mean, we got uh, we got a, a, a Anakin versus Obi-Wan spar battle in Episode 5. That was just incredibly awesome with the... Uh, with the undeniable fact that Hayden Christensen looked like he was in his forties, <laughs> like they can't CGI the wrinkles. They can CGI Luke in the Mandalorian, uh, and and we can't get we can't make Hayden Christensen look like he was a teenager. Uh, uh, that to me was unforgivable. I was watching that, going, "Oh my God, what's going on? He's got wrinkles. <laughs> he, he looks old." Um, and, yeah, and the 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 uh, the other uh, I I want to say episode four um, when they were escaping from Temple Inquisitorius, it was just with the uh, the the battles when they were shooting the stormtroopers and running towards the snowspeeders. First of all, I didn't know there was a any snowspeeder in the world that could fit four people in it, um, but the uh, it was just so it was so obvious that they were on a stage and there was a green screen in the back and the um, it just looked really vanilla, the, the the CGI. It didn't look believable to me. It's like I knew the whole time they were on a set. It didn't suck me in. It was that that was the problem that I had with it. It was just the special effects. Um, story wise, I thought it was really, really it was really, really good. I think the acting is fantastic in the show. That little girl that plays Princess Leia is a revelation. And you know, at some point, do we really we're gonna get some kind of a spin-off baby Princess Leia show. Uh I, I think you're being a bit harsh. Maybe, maybe I, I think I think if you cast your... Bearing in mind, episode four 
was to reflect Star Wars and New Hope. Right? Yes. You you go and look at the hangar where the Millennium Falcon stored in Star Wars A New Hope in the yes. Death Star. And it's a, just a big open space. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a, that dramatically that bad compared to the that space. And of course the uh the cruiser that they land on in episode three when they go to rescue the Chancellor is just an immense space as well. So mm-hmm. I think aesthetically it matches the imperial form that we've seen in the past. Yes. I think. I mean, I'm I'm not I don't want to like, you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion, of course they are, but I think it'd be just a tad harsh on there. Should there should there have been more troopers there? Probably, yeah. Yeah, because it's a busy concourse, you'd expect it to be, you know. That but as a as a staging area, yeah, I was all right with it because it because it met the, the the designs that I've already seen in the past. So yeah. I think that I think the fugitives that uh, that they were trying to help were just very. Uh, there's there's not there's not a lot of diversity in the. Uh... Yeah, I'll give you that. There's not a lot, there's not a lot of aliens, which is a surprise, and yeah. the the Hadrian Christensen thing where he's. He looks my age, not not a Padawan age. Is is a fair is a fair shout. Um, did it, it didn't really spoil for me that the, the scene. It was it's a clever scene, but no. The uh, the, just, the only problem I had story wise with it is was was the uh, the Vader Riva fight at the end of Episode Five, and um, we've been they built Vader up even before like even before this. Vader is a. a an unbelievable badass though to the level that we've never seen before in star wars right when episode uh was it episode three that he was just killing the civilians and breaking mm-hmm. their necks and and everything like that and then he fights reva and then they walk away and let her live like why didn't he just kill her right there that was probably that's probably my big my big issue i was like wow this is where he becomes the scenery scenery chewing uh just james bond type villain where just like I'm gonna leave you here, even though I know you're gonna come back and try to kill me again. Didn't I say this before though? That Darth Vader is a bad guy, fails at practically everything he does. Right. I mean, I, I've said this before, right? I yes. Mean, he, he doesn't. Let's let. He doesn't stop the plans from getting getting off to the the rebels in Rogue yeah. One. He doesn't get doesn't kill Obi Wan in Revenge of the Sith. He mm-hmm. allows Obi Wan to sacrifice himself in New Hope. <laughs> Doesn't catch the rebels on half. Doesn't capture the Millennium Falcon because Boba Fett does that. Doesn't turn Luke in in Empire. Doesn't turn Luke in in Jedi. Mm. Other than kill some kids, what's he actually achieved? Well, I think he's true to form in this show. Then, <laughs> <laughs> so but that's why he's powerful. My ass is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh, the next episode has like a lot to wrap up, but we I think we've seen this in in the Disney Plus shows is that uh, they kind of barrel towards that final episode, and then uh, so we'll see if they stick the landing next week. I think we all have some expectations of the last of the next episode. Yes, well, we're, and we're gonna get we're gonna get Baby Luke next episode too. So, well, I'll see what happens. Let's uh, let's jump into uh, Ms. Marvel because Ms. Marvel dropped last week. We've got two episodes on that. I just uh, story wise, it's been kind of I think as expected. Uh, it seems to me to be uh, a, a Disney Plus coming of age teenage story. Uh, 
with you know the I think the surprising thing on this is uh is it Iman Vellani is the name of the girl playing Ms. Marvel. I think she's fantastic um on the show. The the, the rest of it, I don't know. What do what do you think, Lucas? So the uh look so no I I had uh qualms about the the first one, the first episode and the second episode. I'm like, okay, I get where you're going. Your vision is is that hey, you can't just have a Pakistani freaking superhero and then close the doors on it. No, they're like, hey, let's explore more of her Pakistani culture. So that's what the second episode was about. And and kudos to them for doing that. But it was inorganic. You know what I mean? We got Hey, here's Muslim this, Muslim that, Muslim. We got it like right in succession. Um, all, all, all Muslim culture, all Muslim at, at all times and everything, without any freaking type of context, right? Um, and then we even got you know, you know, shots of her in the mes- or in the mosques or in the masjid, right? Which which was you know, which is cool and everything. But once again, without that context of how that works for her as a superhero, we didn't get that. Um, there's, you know, several things, of several things missing, like the cultural thing of, and, and I, I could say this without any spoilers. Um, Hey, you, and this is something I was always, always wondering about why they do this in the comics. And, and I think I brought this up in the last one. It came up again. Why are you as a Muslim girl, teenage girl at that hanging around with some young kid? some young boy without the presence of your family member. You're not supposed to be doing that. Right? Your parents are supposed to know where you're at. And and there's a reason why in Muslim culture that's why that's all why that's a thing. It's because look, um people kidnap young girls and do what they will with them. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why that thing you can't just hey, oh I see a young girl with a young boy. They're, they're just hanging out. No, you got you got to freaking check on that to make sure that nothing untoward is, is happening, right? And and they brought that up and everything, right? And you know everybody's like, oh you know, and I know I knew it was going to happen. Everybody's going to be like, hey, how dare they? You know, you know the well, guess what? That came up. That hoe came up. It was it was pretty interesting. So I'm not going to spoil it for you guys since you guys haven't necessarily seen the whole thing. But I I think I think that was interesting. You can spoil it for me. I'm not watching it, so it's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, so the, the you whole don't want to spoil it for much, bless you. Yeah, I mean, well, the whole the whole cultural thing is like, hey, it's so that we make sure that you know she as a I forget how old she's supposed to be, what sixteen, sixteen year old girl doesn't get kidnapped. What the hap- What happens? She ends up getting freaking kidnapped. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> she gets freaking kidnapped. <laughs> You know, um, but uh, I, I I think it's interesting the, the directions they're going. You know, there's definitely everybody's trying to understand what's going on. Are, what are we seeing? Are we seeing connections to the Eternals? Are we seeing the connections to the Ten Rings? Um, are they coming full circle with that? Um, her acting, her acting, and the acting of the full cast has been absolutely amazing, tremendous, freaking awesome. And um, they've been tapping. They've been definitely trying to tap into a young vibe, but I don't know how much of a vibe you can hold on to when you're using teen music from the freaking '90s, from when I was a kid. All right, like Mace. Hey, that was that was the that was in the '90s, man. Nah, man. And I get that they're trying to freaking track us, 
right, as older guys, but you're leaving behind the actual demographic that you're trying to attack, attract, which is the young folks. So get some young music in there. Because I looked at, I, I was like, hey man, I, I know all this. I know this, and I was like, oh man, hold up, let me let me check out the soundtrack. No, there is no new stuff. So, um, <laughs> but man, freaking, you know, it, it is what it is. Freaking, um, I think it's okay. I think it's I think it's okay. Um, she's not the uh, she's not going to be the head start or the freaking head of the Marvel movement at any freaking point, like Miles Brown. They're expecting Miles Brown to be. Um, but you know, her own little story is going to be amazing. Can't wait to see her join up with the rest of Miss Marvels. Johnny, why aren't you watching this past episode one? Uh, it's not Miss Marvel. Is what it is. It's it's some Disney version of hey, let's take the comic book. And let's change some stuff just to make it more accessible for Disney Plus. Hmm. Well, if I'd wanted that, I'd be watching that show, right? Don't tell me it's packaged as Miss Marvel. Yeah, it's got some elements in there, you know, as Lucas has mentioned, her uh, uh, ethnicity, her origins from a from a from a Muslim background. Totally okay with that. Absolutely fine yeah. with that. Actually, representation needs to be there. Absolutely, I'm with that 110. percent But when you see how well Kamala Khan in the Avengers game plays, how much interest Kamala Khan had in the Avengers and in her own comic book, and then you go and give me a show in which they change her power set, where they do things that you think to yourself, well, you know, you might as well call this... It's like, it's like having a show called Spider-Man and the dude flies and doesn't climb walls. Yeah. Why would so, why would you why would you do that? Why? Right. Why? Well, it's, it's interesting right now because um you know the little genius freaking kid her friend uh did somehow did an analysis <laughs> of the freaking um the freaking Bengal I guess they're freaking calling it um and he's like well whenever you do that it doesn't seem that the power is coming actually coming from the Bengal it's actually coming from inside of you or something like that. Um, so I think th- I think that might be a thing. Whereas whereas right now we're thinking, hey, the power is coming from the bingo, and then once you take us off the bingo, the power set's going to freaking change up and everything. I, I think that's what they're going for right now. Well, well but why? It, it's it's why. Well, I let's think have, let's, that, have, let's have a show called Obi Wan and let's not put him in it. That's I think what happened was when you know when Ms. Marvel was introduced, they gave her the same power set that they gave Mr. Fantastic. But remember, Mr. Fantastic was kind of in limbo uh, during when Ms. Marvel was introduced because they had kind of okay. buried the FF and X Men. Remember? Yeah, but so, no. so so that's the same powers as Elongated Man and Plastic Man. It's not powers aren't powers aren't like a copyrighted thing, right? Right. Otherwise, right. otherwise <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair but, enough. Spot they have, don't have a wall crawling character, and but, Marvel don't particularly have a, a, a dark right. Character. And it's kind of a backwards argument, right? Because I'm sure, like, it's I'm sure this is wise because they have the Fantastic Four coming out in a movie, and they don't want to duplicate the power set. But eventually, they're going to be introducing Miles Morales, and and they're going to be duplicating that power set. And that's to me, it makes uh, well. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But anyway. Yeah. The, well, that's the, the, and that's the reason why I'm not watching that. And also, the vibe of the show is not aimed at me. It's not aimed at a 50 year old bloke. <laughs> so, well, I thought what? the show. I thought the show was cute. I, I and were definitely not aimed at me. But um, I do. The the biggest element that I, well, the biggest influence I saw in this show was uh, was the Spider Verse uh, movie, mm. where 
they would, you know, they would uh, kind of uh, portray the, the thoughts of the character in either cartoon form or, and in this one, it's like in drawings, but um, they animate part of the show to see, uh, to, to kind of get to that audience too. Mm. But um, I will say in its defense, there you go. I'm not going to just bash it for bashing sake. And I hope people don't think that I am, but I'm not, but my, but my wife, Mrs. H, she's loving it. She's watching it. So there you go. But then, yeah. then my wife, my wife likes things like Teen Wolf. So <laughs> I think it's very, diaries. it's very, um, it's very Disney or very uh, Nickelodeon. You know, if you think of like other shows like um, like iCarly or Victorious or something like that, yeah. it's kind of it's it's really kind of like that, but with the superpowers and <laughs> with the Marvel front. It's the marvels of Waverly Place. Yes, kind <laughs> of like that. Um, <laughs> And, they, and they, so what are, what do you think about because I, I think I mentioned this uh, earlier so uh, but right before the show dropped we saw um, I, I saw Sana Aminat who created Ms Marvel if you want to call it that that um, she was all over social media and then she also gets executive producer credit on the show um, and you know when I think of the other creators or creator rights when we talk about other other shows or other movies where we don't see you know maybe they get a, a, a thank you and a handshake right mm -hmm. um, we see uh, we see Santa Aminat like super involved in this show do we think that this might be like the future of Disney plus that maybe they finally heard the the, the creators uh, or the creator outrage from the fans and maybe they're kind of involving creators in this going forward? What do you think? Do you want my honest opinion? Yes. I think it's to do with the ethnicity element of the show. Agreed. It's to keep, it's to keep, that, it's to keep that in line. So um, when I say in line, I mean on point, you know, so, so it doesn't offend um, either way, to be honest. So that the, the, the Muslim elements are brought up respectfully, dealt with in a in a serious way they're not just used for comedy value um which is probably what's happened in the past if you look at characters like raj in the big bang for example um he's just there to laugh at he's, he's, he's you know sheldon gives more knowledge about his hinduism than he does than, than raj does himself so i think having the that particular creator on this particular show works that doesn't mean that Dan Slott is going to be involved in the Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that would, that would probably be a good thing. But well, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's take a break real quick, and we'll come back, and we will talk about some comics. Yes. All right. Yay.
All right. Make sure to check out the Definitive Crusade and all the other great shows on Undercover Capes. All right. So let's talk comics. I know, uh, Johnny, you want to talk about uh, last week's Amazing Spider-Man number three. All right. Yes. Excellent. So Amazing Spider-Man number three. We talk about diversity. We talk about equality in comics. And this book harkens back a little bit. For years and years, people complain about Wonder Woman books. Yeah, She's always getting tied up. She's always getting in danger. She's always left to die. Well, congratulations, Marvel. You have now created a new fetish, spider bondage. <laughs> no? No? Um, all joking aside, this book is fantastic. The level of threat and menace that Tombstone exudes in this book is great so let's do some shout outs it's written by zeb wells art by john ramita jr inks by scott Hanna, colors by i can't remember the colorist um i can't remember the letters either so um guys feel free to help me out with that um give me a sec i think it's clayton cowles or is it joe caramanga's on letters it's one of them uh... um but the book reads brilliantly it's the threat and you can tell how you can tell how um in some ways that uh spider-man or at least peter parker has lost some game i mean there he is all sort of hogtied getting the tar beat out of him and he's practically begging him begging tombstone not to take the mask off and tombstone's like yeah like i don't care who i don't care who you are forget it yeah he's just not that interested um and I think that's really, really sort of intense. Um, I was right. It was Joe Caramanga that was on letters. Yeah, and, and Matthew uh, is on colours. On colours. There you go. Um, that said, do you know when you know when um, you know when Nick Spencer took over Amazing Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a little bit of a um, a thing going on. Um, if I can just uh, share a couple of images, please. Yeah. Let me just remove that one. Cool, excellent. So for me, Zeb Wells is doing the kind of same sort of thing, um, but he's doing it in a different way. And the way that I think that he's doing it, he's going for tone. He's going for tone rather than rather than actual like content. So I've got a couple of images that I want to show you just for the just for the grins. Um, so first off, I've got this one. When reading this book, this image popped into my head. Uh, I'm going to show it. I don't know, just no. two seconds. There you go. Oh, right. There, there we go. go. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Okay. There cool. That one. <laughs> very, very reminiscent of this story, I thought. And yes. then, and then finally, another one. Would you like to remove that one, Lucas? Or do you want me to do that? Yeah, go just uh, switch to your next one. And then my next one is um, where is it at? This one from Spectacular Spider Man. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See that one? Now, those two things are prevalent in this book. How's Spider Man going to get out of it? Well, I have a bit of a, I have a bit of an idea on how he's going to get out of it, to be fair. I think the, first, I think the hint of how he gets out was in the Maze of Spider Man number one. But we'll see how that goes. 
Um, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but you know, it's fine. I don't, I don't think Jeremy Meter's art look, has, has looked better, to be honest. I thought his art's been fantastic all the way through. Um, I can't wait to see how this continues. For me, we all know the Sinister Six is coming, but this, that's going to have to go some to beat this because this story is like tense upon tense, isn't it? They've, they've, uh, Man, Tombstone, I never really thought of as a really great uh, Spider-Man villain. And this this uh, series has been three issues in, and I already think he's up there now. Well, do you feel, here's a question for you then. Because, I mean, I, I remember him around when this, in the Spectacular Spider-Man series with yeah. Jerry Conway, right? Yep. So, in the early days of Spider-Man, the Kingpin was always beaten on Spider-Man, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah? And Kingpin's just like a bloke, albeit a big, a big bloke. Yeah, um, and Spider Man was always like, you oh, know, I've got the calls, I've got the sniffles, I've got this. You know, it's always, always some serendipity to get his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you think that this Tombstone vibe kind of shows Tombstone as a replacement kingpin for a while, especially what's happened with Devil's Reign? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that cool. they're giving him a, a huge promotion here. You know, I think he's gonna, he's gonna probably. Uh, Lead the underworld along with uh, with Kingpin's son. Now I think they might they might work him in there too. Um, we could do with a good other good, rules, Yeah, we could do with a good uh, crime war, couldn't we? we yeah, had one gang, gang war. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't had one of those since Owl and Kingpin went head to head. Yeah, so and we have the Rose running around too, right? So I mean, we get the Rose versus Tombstone already in this book, and now you know you can introduce Butch and have him be uh, the new Kingpin type character and. So get this out of the way, mm. Sinister Six, and then come back to the gang war. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this book th- this book, I was kind of surprised that uh that when Ramita came back on the book, man, it's just uh it is just like it's like old home week. You know, it just kind of brings yeah. back so many great memories of just reading uh anything R- Ramita does from just from our my childhood too, when he was on X-Men and yeah. I mean his style is just screams uh screams marvel to me so let me ask you a question then before so and you can use this to as you move on question i was speaking in the local comic book shop and the guy who loves amazing spider-man um was saying how much he's disappointed because zeb wells said the book needs a proper writer zeb wells he's the guy that did all the beyond stuff and i'm like yeah he did the beyond stuff and some of that was terrible mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what's changed there you go that's my that's my question what what's changed in the Spider-Man book? Yeah, well, what's changed the, 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 in his writing to make when this... when look when something is good, you don't have to freaking change change it, right? So this right. this to me represents some of the old school. Hey, super hey superhero, there's something happened, and there's a clock. Mm-hmm. There's a mm. clock, man. You have only so much time. And oh, wait, by the way, you can't just freaking go ahead and walk in. You are bound and chained, and your freaking arms are broken, right? And there's too many guys for you to freaking handle. And you don't have all the information. Freaking. This is old school. And I <laughs> love this, man. That's, that's the change. This is what oh. I've been waiting for for the last freaking five years. <laughs> Since I've been on this freaking show, all the BS, freaking Amazing Spider-Man. There's freaking twenty yeah. covers per week of Amazing Spider-Man. This is what I've been waiting for. He finally got it right. Bring, so, bring it back. 
this is this is what I think, Johnny. To your to your previous question of what's changed, I think that when you're writing, when first of all, when you're writing Spider-Man, you're kind of writing as part of a, a team of Spider-Man writers, right? So they kind of you kind of have that summit. You go over do what yeah. you're going to do for your stories, and you get your marching orders, and that's the story that you write. I think that there's a difference for when you're writing as part of a team to when you get, I guess, effectively handed the keys to the kingdom. So to speak, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, totally. so now with, you know, Zeb Wells, who was, you know, he, I, I try to think, was he, did he write, um, like not, did he write like nonstop Spider-Man or something like that? He was on a couple yeah. of his, oh, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man stuff like that. Yeah. So he was like, he was like kind of on the outside looking in kind of maybe getting his feet wet a little bit and kind of maybe getting handed his, uh, his plots. This is what you have to write about. These are the characters yeah. you have to include. And then um, there you go. Here, I think this is, you know, when you're writing The Amazing Spider-Man, you have the keys to the kingdom, mm. right? You're the writer. You're the one directing it. We saw that with Nick Spencer. We saw that with Dan Slott. The, what, you, what you do in Amazing sets the tone for all the other books that are being written. Um, I think with the Beyond storyline, that, that was a mishmash of a, different, a bunch of different creators trying to, trying to, I, I honestly beyond was a times was a time filler that was a filler uh event book between See, nick feel, and zeb wells i feel that about nick spencer's run <laughs> you know what nick spencer but but think of like nick spencer's uh before he got an amazing spider-man i mean he was great on on deadly foes of spider-man yeah. all those all those other books where, where spider-man wasn't the main character and I mean, that was Kindred. Kindred has absolutely zero, and the the end battle was like, oh, MJ faking her death because she's that good an actress. I'm like, are you killing me? You are absolutely well physically killing and, me. And Kindred's one of those Spider-Man characters that we will never see again. They're <laughs> not going to reuse him. It, you know, and that's and that's one of the things that I love about Spider-Man is you can reuse these villains like Tombstone and Green Goblin and, and Doctor Octopus. They're always going to be around. They're always going to come back. We're never going to see Kindred again. Yeah, we are. Just like we yeah. just saw Digger again. That's fifty. <laughs> yeah. That's fifty issues. I feel this yeah. way about other books. There's yeah. there's a there's a whole for the distinguished competition. There's a whole series of Justice League. That lasts something like 50 issues and it's all done to prime up a mini series that wasn't that good and i'm like why have i wasted my money and time and effort for 50 issues of this book right. crazy sorry no that's it that's okay thanks it was a, it was great for you to pick amazing spider-man even though the, though the book came out last week that, well, what, that, did, what did you guys I'm sorry. What did you okay. guys think of the little side stories? You know, there's the the little side story about the origin of uh, Tombstone, right? well, and to be fair, the whole uh, Janice uh, and uh, Robbie getting married. Well, I like the Janice and Robbie thing getting married because that adds uh, weight to what's going on with the the main story. I'm right. intrigued about the guy paying the bill for okay. and, and what his power. Well, yeah, that's that, I, that's Mary J's current. Yeah, husband squeeze. or whatever you want to call him and, right? but I, realistically i could have done without the tombstone origin as i said i was around the first time i know there's how he how he was i know what a badass he was as a kid mm -hmm. so i don't need to see that again that is probably the only misstep misstep in the book for me but i understand that that was back in 1980 god knows when so that there's a whole bunch of writers uh readers who've left the industry now 
so they need that refresh. So I'm going to give it a pass. To be fair, I think uh, I think those subplots go to towards explaining Tombstone as a character even more, and he, and he screams the mob right where he sits mm. down where he sits down with Robbie and they kind of hash it out. They're like, okay, our kids are going to get married, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Mm. I think we need to bury the hatchet. And then in this, in this issue, he's like, I'm going to just freaking kill Robbie. Yeah. But he's just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to kill him. Cause I, you know, he, his, his son is stealing my daughter away from me. So, you know, I thought that was very because i sometimes when you when you see the mob any kind of show they're all two-faced right they tell you one thing and they do something else so to me i thought that was a great twist i i didn't want to see tombstone and robbie kind of happily ever after i thought that was kind of a great uh a great kind of ramp back up um but anyway yeah amazing spider-man if you're not reading it what are you doing you're not a comic yeah um (laughs) let's jump into uh fantastic four uh, number 44, legacy number 689, uh, the guilty parties, Dan Slott is writing. We have, uh, um, a bunch of artists, Andrew DeVito, David Tinto and Rachel Stott. Uh, so it's a kind of a jam issue. We got a color artist of Jesus Abertov and Joe Carmagna getting double duty on uh, this week. Uh, this book is barreling towards the end of Dan Slott's run on Fantastic Four. It, really? came out, it came out over Twitter this week that this is Dan Slott's final story and that he is moving on to some other book that he hasn't decided to, uh, hasn't revealed yet. My guess it's going to be some kind of Spider-Verse book, I think. Um, but I think he's going back to uh, that, the, the, this play in the sandbox of Spider-Man. Uh, put, but him yes. next. <gasps> put him on Avengers. Oh, that would uh, don't don't tease me. Um, <laughs> this book, so this story is the culmination of the last four years of Dan Slott's Fantastic Four series, and it reads like that because mm. there is so much going on that you can. This is not a jumping on point for new readers. This is exactly. a hold on to your ankles and hope that you've been keeping up for this entire run because they pull stuff back out of old, like stuff that, that happened years ago is now coming back. Um, characters are just re- are appearing that you haven't seen in months. The, the, you know, we'll be talking a couple of weeks ago about MacGuffins and the MacGuffin verse of the Dr. Strange. There's so many MacGuffins in this book that mm. um, be, be it the, the, uh, the what if, mirror or whatever they call it the what if yeah. reality the, whether yeah, they're the, the apex uh, of reality and yeah, the ultimate the, nullifier yep the ultimate nullifier and the forever gate and you know just try to keep up <laughs> it's it's That's nuts exactly I felt. <laughs> yep and it's every page is either a new character or a different type of a plot line uh there's so dan slots pretty much broken up the fantastic four they're all doing their 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 own thing and they all have their own plot line going on we have mr fantastic who has absorbed the knowledge of uatu and is now it's now killing him and his you know his brain has grown to unbelievable proportions and he can now build forever gates and he's going to be able to try to save the universe but also it has also taken all the emotions out of him the funniest parts of which is his dealings with jack of hearts in this issue which i think is just kind of funny um we have the thing who had been prophesized 
what over a year ago that this the rapture from the reckoning is going to be the one that kills the thing and now so now every time they meet in this book you think that this is the moment that either she's going to kill him or something's going to happen to him that's going to change him um, and we've seen it right so we've seen he's got this big scar on his chest now and he gets in a big fight with her this issue that hasn't really culminated yet uh, you have the Human Torch, whose powers are not now uncontrollable, much like the Thing, and he's gone around and amassed an army of basically every other character that has appeared in Dan Slott's run, uh, be it the uh, the Kree, the Skrulls, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and um, I can't remember the name of the other group that uh, you know his. Uh, his, uh, his, his yeah yeah everybody so you just you just name it he shows up with uh with the world in this uh, the end of this issue you have invisible woman who's running around with nick fury and the watchers and uh and then you have um that's oh it's she hulk yeah she hulk with jack of hearts so yes. there's, there's a long list of characters in this book and if you're not if you haven't been paying attention it's too late so so there's a lot going on and i think johnny i think you said it was chaotic yes um, i did it's chaos personified yes so the, the but there's a lot happening on every page we have silver surfer yeah. and galactus showing up and galactus is in some kind of combination of the, the destroyer armor and it you know they've and of course they've resurrected galactus as after thor killed him so now he, he's just it's it's nuts it is there's all kinds of stuff going on in this issue and you know it is really kind of the the jam issue to end all jam issues we get dr doom running around in here too um with 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 cormorant who is a uh, one of the rapture villains that dr doom has kind of recruited over to his side um it, it is really it's it's chaotic so with johnny <laughs> Can you make sense of it all, or is this kind of just uh, like hold your ankles well, and get to the end? Well, you know what? I tried. I really tried, and I read, I read this book before you picked it, um, primarily because Sue Storm's on the cover, and Sue's Sue's been a little bit uh, MIA up to this point. She's been invisible. Uh, oh yeah, good say, um, John Cena. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. I was intrigued to see her get back into the action, back into the game, as it were. Um, you mentioned like the, it pulls st stuff like from out the past. That's exactly how I felt about this book. It is chaos personified. There is a, a shed load going on. Jack of Heart gets it again. Yep. You know, so <laughs> the, char the character's there just to die, it seems. You know, you get shuffled out the deck. Um, a couple of things that I think scream classic fantastic four to me um first off you've got reed with the the rec the recognize it the, the recognizing the fact that he has been a terrible husband mm. yeah all the time he should have been with sue and spending time and all the times and he comes out and says it which is classic reed richards to be fair and it helps i suppose bond the two together again because then sue's sort of like i am leaving with my husband and all that sort of stuff the other thing that I like, page 30, when Johnny Storm's going toe-to-toe, -to -toe, it's like, you, my eyes, you have the power of the sun. And in typical Doom fashion, Doom's like, yes, I have made it so. As if it was like his big <laughs> plan all along. You know, right. He's like taking credit for it. You know, it's like, really, Doom? Really? You're taking credit for that? And then the bottom of page 30, 
um, with the guy, with, with the character trying to steal, uh, trying try to kill Ben Grimm. He's like, yes. why can't I get your heart? He's like, only a couple of people can. And I was like, you know what? That is such a Ben Grimm thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, as for the art, the, the switching artists throughout the book did not help the chaos factor. Yes. Yeah. It, I would have preferred, and I know it's a deadline thing, and I know whatever, but I would have preferred one artist all the way through. Because not only do you have lots of stuff going on, you've also now got to deal with lots of stuff happening to characters that don't look like the same characters that looked like the page before. And that really just detracts you. It's just like, whoa, distracts your eye, pulls you out the story. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to see Slot go. I, I think I think his fantastic forerun probably hasn't been as, as fantastic as he would have liked. For me, mm. it took a while to get going. Um, the marriage of uh, Ben and Alicia and the honeymoon issue were probably my favourite ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and of course, the, the whole Johnny getting his powers amped up was probably a, a close second. Um, but, no, I'm going to see, see, sorry, see him go. I'd like to see how this ends out. You know, with all the MacGuffins, as you say, going on, there's... At the, when you read the book, you take it in the first instance, you feel, it's like the Spider-Man book, you feel the end, it's like, oh my God, there's a massive threat. But as yes. you said, there's like, there's this MacGuffin, that MacGuffin, the other MacGuffin, there's the MacGuffin of MacGuffins. It's like, there's umpteen different ways this can play out and everything be exactly the same way it was before. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, you, you, you know that the, the way they fix everything is that, is the what if, uh, Apex. Apex realities, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to turn it into a big what if. Lucas, right, what, because, what did you think of this book? Okay. I mean, look, you, you guys hit it out of the freaking park, man. You said everything I was going to say, man. And then you cycled it back to the Apex realities, right? Because Jacks of Hearts, he's dead, supposedly. Okay. Because they needed to use his zero energy um, to power the. Zero energy, the other MacGuffin. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I've already seen comic books with him on the freaking cover so i know this is not his end right now well they, um, so, they build, they're building them up into the the uh plus one on she hulk right 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 so so maybe they dip into the apex realities where he's not dead or, or something crazy like that um you know I, also they di dip into a reality where reed richards doesn't have a crazy ass head because he's supposed to die in like nine hours or so uh, once again that time clock Got to keep that time back. Uh, flash, right? flash. Yeah. I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the earth. Um, I, I agree with Johnny when it comes to, I love the fact that they there's, you know, because Franklin Richards, he's been having a problem with his powers. Now, now they go, hey, well, once he's in this area, you know, his powers actually come back and they're amp amplified. Love that. Um, but man, freaking, it was, uh, I had my doubts about the Reckoning War, um, but it had, it had a lot of freaking points. It introduced us to a lot of characters um it, it actually had a lot of great really great story it put what their purposes were and it the only thing is like you're saying is this going to stick like is any of this stuff going to stick you don't well you know he says so dan slot says if you need to get you need to follow him to the last ride the his last issue and he's there's something happening i guess that's going to be huge so I just, I would like to, you know, since it just came out this week that Dan Slott's leaving, I just wanted to thank him because there's not a lot of people that really get the Fantastic Four at, the, at their core mm. is a family unit and a lot of that drama that comes out of being a family. And that 
sometimes gets lost in the shuffle with what they have to do with the superheroes, supervillains, and all that stuff. But I don't think Dan Slott ever lost uh, sight on the fact that this is a family going through family things, and this just happens to be what they do is Very good point. travel the universe. And and um, he he did this. He you know he had he finally had Ben and Alicia getting married. It gave them a couple of kids, so that increased the family right there. You have uh, you know Human Torch dealing with his thing, bringing back She Hulk into the fold really I think helped the book because She Hulk She Hulk was a member of the Fantastic Four for me for when I from when I started first started reading comics. Mm -hmm. So she was she's always part of the family as far as I'm concerned. So um, for so bringing that back together, you know that's. It's great. I, and, and hopefully what he has set up over the last four years continues with whoever they have coming on to the book. But he's, I hope the kid, yeah, I hope the, I hope they keep all the kids to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, and I think the best, this has been, I think uh, the best run since John Byrne, mm. in my opinion. Um, so I, I think this is, it's great. He put fantastic four back on the map, um, you know, cause they were largely forgotten about prior to Dan Slott coming on oh. and uh, yeah, looking. I, I can't yeah. believe it. The professor's happy. Lucas is I'm, happy. What's going on there? I'm and happy with this run. For the last four years, I've been happy. Well, with well, happy with Fantastic Four. Happy with. Um, oh, I'm, I was happy with Mix of Spider Man. So that's yeah. freaking. But, so what's going on? Yeah. All right, let's, let's, so, let's so that's why it. I had to throw in. I had to throw in this other. Book. Let's kill the buzz. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. Let's throw an Avengers book in. That'll sort him out. Go ahead, Lucas. Take it away. We're gonna do Hulkling and Wicked. Hulkling. And Wiccan, man, freaking had to throw you guys a little loop. Um, this one is Possibilities, written by Joshua Hilio, art by Jody Nishijima, color by Matt Mila, letter by VC's Ariana Mayher. Um, I'm glad you got the names and not me for this one. Whew. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so this one is 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 a little bit interesting, right? Because you know we've been they've been going hard at freaking and kind of tramping around with the Hulkling and Wiccan relationship, right? Like, hey, they've been throwing out all these different events and then say, hey, in the meantime, we need Hulkling and Wiccan and this is where their roles are. And then every once in a while they throw it, hey, this is how their relationship kind of works within when this one is over here and this one's over here and mm -hmm. when they're together, right? So finally to get some downtime. And uh, the main thing folding around it is, hey, they've got this dinner party. Right, and they invite all the rest of their little gay friends over for a dinner party. And the goes to dinner party. I mean, these kids are asking questions like, "Hey, well, how about this? How about this? Well, when are you guys going to move back? Are you going to stay here? You know, you know, how's how's it working out for you?" And you know, they've, they've got that nervous young couple freaking jitters, like, "Well, we we don't know. We we haven't figured it out yet." And we we thought, and then they're doing the stuttering thing, and. I, I, I like that. I like that. Like, yay, big don't hey, you see young couple, don't ask them all the damn questions all at once. Man, mind your freaking business, people. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, um, but I, I I did I did like that. But the but the main thing about the main plot is like afterwards, because you could during the dinner party, you could actually see them kind of moving away from First, they're all like all up in each other. Then, as people are asking questions, they're kind of moving away from each other. They, they were showing that kind of body, body tone, body movement, right? And then later on that night, you know, they're re redressing her. Like, hey, well, I didn't know. Well, we need to talk about this and everything. And then, as you know, another event pops off. Hawkins got to go, go, 
go away and do his thing. Wiccan's going to stay behind. And then this mysterious object, it's like, it looks like a Nintendo Switch or something like that, appears to Wiccan and he plays it. And then, you know, both of them are transported off to, I guess, these what if universes, right? Um, Hulking, he's transferred, transported off to a universe where he meets Joe Big, or actually, he's in a relationship with this. I don't know what you call it, elf, purple elf called Joe Big, who's a dude that's bigger than him, and they're in love, and they're out there in the universe fighting for the rights of all the different alien things. And then Wiccan, uh, he's back in New York where he wants to be, but he's with uh, this uh, this entity called Adelon, and Adelon is helping him uh, work on his magic, and his magic is trying to bring Adelon back to life, or back to life, and all this other stuff, right? Um, and once again, they're they're in love and they're in a relationship as well. The um, the but you no, know, every once in a while they get this little thing like, hey, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So eventually they make it back to uh, both Hulkling and we can make it back to each other, and then they realize, oh well, and then that, that's that's it, the end, right? And then it turns out that it was Agatha all along, you know, that, that was, right? Um, <laughs> so so. He, he, here's here's where I, first of all you know I, I don't know who told uh josh trujillo that that's what you know gay people do all the time is we can just have dinner tea parties and shit you know they, they need to freaking walk work out of work walk out of that thing um and then you know, the other thing is like hey okay they were in a mental relationship with other people um and you think you're just gonna pull them out and freaking they're gonna be all good to go to go back look if my wife even dreams that i was dreaming that i was in a relationship with another woman she would whoop my ass i'm sorry <laughs> you, you dream cheated <laughs> yeah, she, like, i even thought about it man like no you can't just make a snap back you know because they, they were full on you know doing crazy stuff in, that, in their own realities and stuff so I didn't I didn't like that was going on and I don't understand what the purpose of this was right like are they trying to say that because like at the end of it they don't they're just not happy to be with each other now mm. all of a sudden they're still now they're back together but they're thinking about those other realities mm. so are they planning on splitting these two up that would be I would actually be amazing I would actually like to see them follow this further however Come on, guys. Like, I get it. They're in love, but there's a lot of too much of this mushy stuff, right? You no, know, they like, hey, you guys have literally been all night together all night. Do you need to do kiss, kissing, kissing, kissing up every three e panels? Come on now. Um, the, the, and, 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 I, and I realized, and after thinking about it, like, why, why does this bother me so much? And I, and I started realizing why it bothers me so much is because in other storylines, story another, the way real action hero storylines work is that you go, you do an event, you fight the bad guy, you get beat up at the bad guy, but you fight even harder. And then at the end of the day, you win the trophy or you win the girl, right? You, you that is that is your prize. Here, it's not there, there's nothing like that. It's just like, hey, freaking, we're in this thing and we got to show all the time, all the time. There's nothing to that. So it's boring now. You've, you've literally made this thing that Hulk and Wiccan have absolutely freaking boring, and you shouldn't freaking do that. Come on, let's let's get a real, 
if we're going to do this, let's get a, if, if we're going to do a romance freaking relationship, let's get a real romance writer in here to make this thing a sight. This is fucking dope. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my two shots. Feel free to trash. Um, I did. I didn't mind the smoochies. To be honest, I'm glad someone's getting some smoochies. That's all I'm saying. Um, right. Okay. So I have no problem with this book whatsoever, from its intent purposes. However, what it actually peddles is something completely different. It talks about possibilities. <clears throat> talks about having uh, a, a gay party, which is totally fine. Can't women be gay? Why? Why is it only? Why is it only blokes invited to this party? Yeah, and also, how is it every character has the same nose? It everyone's drawn with the same nose, and everybody's got great eyelashes. Is that what it means? Is that how you portray certain tra traits on characters of a certain of a certain? Stance? Do you have to make them super, super feminine and high cheekbones? And you know, surely, surely, there's a whole host of diverse people who are gay and don't have great cheekbones and don't look like supermodels and stuff like that. Um, if anything, the book tries too hard, um, and I, there's got to be a better way than trying to create some insecurities in the newly found wedding than there is having odd weird dream cheats going on and alternative reality cheats at that you know um when gambit and rogue got married for example after they went and they did a mission together and it's like that's what they realized there were things about each other they didn't like the things that they didn't know about and so on and so forth right that's part and parcel that's what you want to see I can't believe I can't believe that this was that the Agatha Harkness dream thing was used to try and build on that when you I just think there's better ways of doing it you know you're in a party for Christ's sakes what happens if Wiccan looked at Bobby or Bobby looked at Wiccan or you know those are the types of insecurities that you want Lucas is right you don't you don't want an action story trying to 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 corral the emotional aspect that you're trying to show on here it doesn't bother me that the two guys kissing or two girls kissing if they were or a girl or a guy or non-binary binary it doesn't bother me one whatsoever i like the fact that people fall in love that's it mm. end of yeah i'm a people person um yeah. but i just think that i applaud the i implored i applaud the intent there you go but i do not applaud the production because i think it could have been just done so much better yeah well I think the kissing could have worked if you had just one kiss at the beginning and you're like, oh, man, that's a passionate kiss. But then after the dream sequence, you had another kiss, but that kiss was totally freaking different. You could say, oh, oh, now, now things have changed. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a fair shout. But I think I think nobody, nobody complains about how many times Batman kisses Catwoman. Well, well it's 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 when there's nothing different there's nothing different there's nothing to the story like the kiss is not i agree i agree it's like, eh. like eh. i agree yeah. i can't believe i can't believe this book has been stretched out like this when it changes to the dream sequence i was like have they just stapled two different books together what's happened here 
Yeah, it was. It's like a double-sized issue. <laughs> yeah, turn it, turn it upside down and read the other half. Oh yeah, look at that! Woo. So, so uh, yeah, that's my, the thing, that's my two cents. So this wasn't a superhero book, really. This is a romance comic from like the 1960s, but it was just and it was and it the the thing that I didn't like, you know, and that it's I, I hate to to kind of say what I don't like about a book that's trying to be diverse and trying to be progressive, um, is that it's it's they're writing uh, gay as the main plot of the book. And that's what I, like, I, I just, I, I don't like that being the, the whole reason for the book. Right. I mean, the whole, um, the whole, you know, gay dinner party type thing, which I don't have a problem with either. And I don't have a problem with, uh, with people being in love and portraying that on, uh, on, paper it's just the the fact that it that was the whole plot and it's just it doesn't seem like you know they you know the alternate reality where now they're in love with someone else and you know i think it's actually promoting kind of the almost stereotype that men can't be faithful to other men <laughs> and that's fresh out and um and the other thing like and of course I, I mean, I don't know if it was meant to be that joke at the end where they hate pie. And I was just kind of groaned at it because it was like, obviously. But um, I think it was, you're right. I think they were trying too hard. I didn't think that the art was that great. I think that this book was thrown together as some kind of um, either like a void, like Marvel Voices. Why don't just call this Marvel Voices? or something like that, or an identity book where they're kind of trying to build that brand where they're trying to market to the certain segments that they're aiming at. Mm. Um, so it, to me, I just think this maybe was a missed opportunity. Um, I can't imagine this book sold many copies. Um, right. It's just, uh, it's to me, I, it's just, why don't they just call it uh, love and romance or something like that? Like an old, like an old Marvel fifties book, put the old, that Marvel uh, trade dress on it, make it look mm. like it's an old Millie, the model book or something mm. like that. And then market it that way. Even mm. maybe have the, uh, maybe have like the type Archie type art, you know, that I think that would have worked way better and maybe would have gotten more people that this book is aimed at towards mm. Uh, like, like maybe selling a few more copies to here. It's just, uh, I think, I think it's kind of lost a little bit. I, I suppose, I suppose there's a part of me, and this is my last comment before we get to the two minute warning. Um, I suppose my, my knee jerk reaction to the book is that comic publishers don't put out a book and say, Hey, let's have a straight couple party. Man. Yeah. Party is just a party, right? Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't, or yeah. or, or it's just dinner. Yeah, well, dinner. they say it at the beginning of the book, right? Is that is that Huckling and Wiccan didn't really even know North Star and North Star's husband, and so it was kind of like they didn't know them that well. So they were getting together because the com the commonality was the fact that they were both married gay couples in the Marvel universe, and there aren't that many of them. So that's why they got it all together. I don't know why Iceman was there just to, just because he was. He was also gay, um, but the the, what the the other thing, and this is my last comment, is North Star has always been a traditionally uh, written as a, a gigantic douchebag. Well, can't he be a douchebag and be gay? Why does you know why why do they portray him here as like the loving husband? Because he's not. 
and <laughs> every other appearance I have ever read, he's been a gigantic douche. Why don't why can't he just be a gigantic douche? Mm, I don't know. So anyway, that's <laughs> that's my that's my thoughts. Let's go. Let's jump to the two minute warning. All right, um, get ready to set the uh, the clock. Uh, Marvel had quite a, a quite a uh, <laughs> quite a weekend in the freaking stocks. Jumped from ninety nine to ninety four, um, and you no know, more Midnight Suns freaking news. Uh, don't forget uh, they had the uh, they got a game coming, and there's a Buzz Lightyear five point two million on the first day. I supposed to do eighty five million through this weekend. Where are we All at? Right. Midnight Suns, really? Doing that again? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. So here's some of the books that are on FOC this week. Uh, Aliens, um, Aliens Annual, number one. So look for that in about three weeks. Um, the one that's going to be of interest is that Del Auto 1 to 25. That's in the middle. Uh, Predator, there's a bunch of Predator covers coming out. I love this one. I'm just fighting Blade. Hmm. X Avengers X-Men, Judgment Day. Bunch of freaking covers. Nobody. I, I've heard people they're interested in reading it, but not necessarily in the covers. Is anyone is anyone interested in reading it? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number forty. Um, there's a Predator cover for this one as well. That one's going to be interesting because you got to remember Miles Morales has the ability to turn invisible as well as Predator. So I guess they're I don't, I don't know how they're going to fight. Just throw punches in the freaking dark and hope something hits. Great cover. Uh, Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. I love that Mike Cho on the right. I forget who did the one on the left, but they're both pretty good covers. Actually, it's uh, Nick Klein did the one on the left. Am I the only person who's sick of the Black, White, and whatever? Nope, I'm nope. sick of it too. <laughs> uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, number one. Uh, the art germ is a one and 100 version. Um, the one to the far left bottom, that's a one at 25. Um, I've had people clowning about the uh submariner freaking with the sharks and that's his is that's his gear that he's going to roll out to the gala with but so know. this is marvel's changing uh shang chi to be the movie shang chi right they're, yes because they're going to give him the rings yes sir okay. uh she hulk and one on uh, one on the right is the bartell and look oh, it's jack the not hearts. dead jack of hearts yeah hey he's back praise the lord Yay. and eating ice cream uh, Gwenverse, Spider Gwen Gwenverse, number four. I've had a lot of uh, people saying that they love that homage, that Greg Land homage to the right. Which one's that one? The one where she sat in the Spider Man suit. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is a, that is a good cover. The book is terrible, but it's a good cover. <laughs> uh, Star Wars. Um, I've I personally love the one to the left. Everybody yeah, else loves like that one. Um, yeah, I love the other ones. Um, the ones that have been popular and really selling has been those Star Wars. Choose your Destiny cover, that's the one with the lightsaber on it. I like walking with the attacks. There you go. Yeah, that one's good too. Uh, Star Wars Hand Sold and Chewbacca, another Choose Your Destiny. And then the Hand Sold and Chewbacca Black Current Stand, that's a 1 in 25. Why would the Soka be on a Hand Sold and Chewbacca book? Just, I guess they're just using the art. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they've, you know, uh, Nick, I forget who's yeah. it. Yeah, they just reminiscent of the, uh, of the action figure pick, uh, covers from a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, but you make it hard or chewy, right? Yeah. Uh, the Marvel is number twelve, one in twenty-five by Reese. Um, please oh. keep an eye out. Yeah, keep an eye out on the Warbird. Um, 
she's had some interesting things. Her first appearance was in number one. Mm -hmm. um, she's half Shi'ar, half Wakandan, and then all of a sudden in the last issue, they found out that she actually has Omega-type powers. Yeah, and she, this that's the last issue of the Marvels, too. Sure. Um, Venom, Lethal Protector, uh, number four. John Boyd Myers on the right. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, here's the stuff that's coming out this week. As today, today, yeah, today as this is coming out today. Uh, Defenders Beyond number one this is a one and twenty-five by Garbet. Hmm. Maestro World War M number five design variant. Marvel Voices Pride number one Bartel. Uh, Knights of X number three Miguel Mercado. Is that a word bubble on the cover? What the heck? Yes, it is. That never it's happens a, anymore. Yeah, you notice this is a homage to Beauty and the Beast. I was going to say the Beauty and the Beast vibes in that one. Oh. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 39. Um, just so you guys know, um, this one is going to be very short and allocated, so not all the retailers are going to get this one. Who's um, the character that's supposed to be Jessica Drew? Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yes, uh, I suppose, yeah. And then, sir, and then this cover as well. Um, this Maestro World War M is going to be short and allocated as well. Uh, then there's Hulk for Store Battle of War Part One, and then one that's already sold out at a lot of retailers is the Silver Surfer Rebirth Number Five Scroll Variants. I like that cover. Yep, and then that's it, gents. All right, well, too many. Hey, we ran way over today, so I'll blame Obi Wan. <laughs> All right, so be with us for the next uh, episode of No Prize Podcast. We'll be roaring into the summer. Um, we'll be uh, it'll be our penultimate episode before Thor drops, and I think that we'll be talking about that too. So, um, and we'll wrap up Obi Wan. We'll uh, probably be close to the midway point of Ms. Marvel if uh, if Lucas watches it. Maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> of course, I'm going to watch. Love this stuff. All right, so uh, until then. Peace. Adios.